All right, Coffee and Theology, Wednesday, March 23rd. It is 8.08, and we have a beautiful group on today. Uh, Going to be talking our way through our Lenten season, but without a specific focus on um, topic uh, today, <laughs> not a specific focus on, on Lent. I'm not going to take the our scripture that's um, prescribed for this week, but instead, I want to do something that I think is going to hit a little closer to home for this group. Most of us um, on this group that I know of and listeners have some kind of basis in a Bible education. You have some kind of formal or informal um, education around Scripture. The, the text that we have in our either Protestant Bible or our Catholic Bible. So you have some kind of awareness um, of those texts. And even more people on this call that I know of were likely um, brought up at some point in your life, whether it was the first 20 years or the second 20 years, you were likely um, introduced to some kind of mainstream um, brand of Western Christianity, some kind of mainstream evangelical Western um, making um, Christianity a very individual experience, an individual personal experience with God. And while on my uh, time away last week, I began to reminisce about the days, this is going to make some of you, I won't pretend to know how some of you are going to respond to this, but um, I began to reminisce about the days in my own life when I would start my day with personal confessions. Um personal confessions of faith or confessions about, and listen to this, this tagline, who I am in Christ. Did anybody have a poster with all the who I am in Christ uh, language? Maybe you had the t-shirt Maybe you had, um, I had the t-shirt. Um, it was like the, the t-shirt was in parallel to the Nike Just Do It t-shirt, the Just Do It ones. Only mine was who I am in Christ. And it just kind of had this list of who I am in Christ and with a little scripture address next to it. Are you with me? Some of my mainstream folk. And then maybe you had some bumper stickers around that, you know, that I am, uh, I am a child of God, or I am the daughter of the King, or I am uh, Christ's kid, or King's kid. How about that one? I'm, I'm a King's kid. Um, 
And then maybe the church that you belong to or the youth group that you attended, maybe you all started your services together with some kind of confession of faith along those lines. Um, maybe the confession was as traditional and orthodox as the Nicene Creed, um, which is a little bit off brand of what I'm talking about today. This is a, a newer, more mainstream. I mean, I'm talking about folks like the Joyce Myers of the world, the jo Joyce Meyer, um, kind, kind of motivational, very motivational Christian, victorious. Uh, yeah, our someone's chiming in, our children's church was named King's Kid, King's Kids, yeah, yeah. Uh, the worst bumper sticker, someone says, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. <laughs> yes, I had a bumper sticker that I wanted um, then I never got published. I never got produced, but I wanted a bumper sticker that said, I drive by faith and not by sight. I thought that was a really funny, really funny one. Um, I drive by faith now, or, or my wife drives by faith and not by sight. Maybe that kind of thing. I thought that was really cute. Never got that one published. So, yeah. So I was thinking about, these confessions, maybe you were part of a mainstream megachurch kind of movement that had um, some kind of opener like they would pull up their Bible and they would say something like, come on, say it with me. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have I what it says I have. At what say, Heidi? I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And I don't remember the rest. <laughs> I don't remember the rest either. Um, this is, oh, and they would go on to say, this is the authoritative, inerrant word of God. I believe every word and I practice what I say or whatever. They, they, they had some kind of cute language around that. And I think people are still saying that um, all over the Western world. Um, anyway, not to say, I, I'm just kind of setting the context. There's no judgment here. I'm not judging any of that. Um, I'm just setting the context that we had these things that over in the water that we've been swimming in, I don't know the last time I heard anybody at house church, okay, because I'll set it right where we are. I don't know the last time I heard anybody at house church say, well, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I am blessed. I am. I am blessed. I am too blessed to be stressed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a winner and not a loser. Satan has not had any place. Have you ever heard anybody at house church <laughs> respond to a question about how you doing? I say, and it, with any of that kind of language, have I mean, have you, Heidi, in, in recent days heard heard any of that? I have not, and have not responded that way myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a time in my life I think I would have responded at church with like, "Well, praise the Lord." I mean, "Praise the Lord" was probably every other sentence that I would, I would say like, you guys are kind of nodding. I think I had some agreement. You remember, remember those, those days, like hallelujah. That was a thing that was like, hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. 
Well, Pastor Bonnie was being reminiscent. I was reminiscing about those days, the nostalgia of having those very popular scriptures on the tip of our tongue. I was uh, remembering a very simple, a very simple day. Now I'm not going to go too far back in the way back in the way, way back machine, but I really sat with my thoughts about that this past week. I sat with the kind of mindset that I had as a younger Christian. And again, the context is Western, mainstream, evangelical Christianity. This is not any anything else but that. So you can't, if you have been progressive and liberal all your life, or if you have been some other, if you've been Episcopalian, if you have been uh, Lutheran, if you have been Methodist, any, any other of these, I'm talking about one specific brand. The folks that had the poster, the folks that had the t-shirt, the folks that had their Bible highlighted, um, I know that I have some people on here that have big Bibles that you could go and get off the shelf that have, or that you can pull up right there. Turquoise Bibles, large print, uh, maybe large print, maybe not study Bibles. I begin to reminisce about a day that those scriptures, those hot topic scriptures, remember you would have, um, the scriptures in like by topic. And so like, if you were going through, if you were having a bad day, <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Kelly? Do you want to chime in? Or are you just drying your nails? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, She's having a hot flash. Hot, hot flash. Yeah. You would know, you would kind of um, flip to the book in the book of what you're, particular ailment was that day or what your particular mental uh, distress was, you would flip to, oh, are you feeling um, a sad, a little bit sad? Well, okay, well, then you'd go to the sad topic and you would say the joy, you know, you'd find something like the joy of the Lord is my strength or the Lord sings over me with songs of deliverance, you know, or so, so on and so forth. Well, on our way home yesterday, I had uh, Tamara look up all of the who I am and what I am in Christ um, language. And what I found there was something that could be redeemed and something that even I think in our uh in, in our construction and designing of our life in God and our life in Christ, uh, not everything that we were taught has to be thrown out. Not everything, and, I, and I'm speaking very kindly and sensitively to my folks who are redesigning their faith, redesigning their relationship with God and their uh, pursuit of God and of scripture, of holy texts. Um, 
because there is a washing away. There is a death that happens. There is a dying that comes in your life, in your spiritual life. There is a dying of things. And then there is a resurrection of a new body of belief and a new body of a mindset that may not actually look like that old body at all. There are some things that were planted in our psyche, in, in the spiritual mindset of our individual bodies that needs to be eradicated, that, that need to go. <laughs> they need, they don't, they do not serve life at all. They were a construct that only, that, that very um, cunningly, like the yeast of the Pharisees, would be found in in the in the uh, most secret, uh, unlikely places. When when you have a sin focused mindset in your spiritual life, which is a, a um, which is to say, when your when your religious um, affiliations, institutions, education are relentlessly comparing your, uh, in their language, a former life to a new life in Christ, or a a moral life, a life that um, is somehow free from a list of pet sins that they have determined are the wrong ones to do, the the pet ones. <laughs> and every culture, and when I'm talking about like not just American culture, but every like sort of church culture has their own list of pet sins. And so you're constantly being compared to, are you this, 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 this. And so you, there's always these conditions. I believe that a lot of those things need to absolutely go away. A- absolutely absolutely go away and it's even in the it's even in their own language but they don't even see it like the, it's even in there we are free let's say for example like who i am in christ well i am free from the law of sin and death well they say those kinds of things but they don't actually know what that means to the individual to be so free from a sin conscious sin focused life and to be free from the wages of sin which are death the the wages of sin really are death the wages of living um in a in a way of uh not knowing who you are in god and how beloved and loved and accepted all of the parts of you are well this can be very detrimental to your relationships with yourself and with others um, but the what I what I was really thoughtful of about this kind of mainstream kind of mega church ish um, westernized gospel was this idea that we are to live some way kind of morally holy so that when we die or when Jesus comes back. <laughs> or when Jesus returns, we 
make sure to go to heaven at that point. It is all about that. The, the, the whole, the whole agenda is share God or share Jesus with as many people as possible to make sure that they do not go to hell when they die and in fact, go to heaven. And even if they have accepted the good, the good gospel and accepted the, what they would call the finished work of work of Christ, even if they have accepted that, it's possible that if they were to die without any unconfessed sins, that they might not make it to heaven, even after all the good work that they've done. We all know people who are f- afraid of this kind of thing. We all know people who live in a way that if they're in any kind of trouble at any time, they would say, well, I know that I've lived a good life. I know I haven't been perfect, but I'm sure that God's going to let me into heaven when I die. Or on the contrary, they might say something like, I know that I haven't been perfect and I probably deserve hell. So go ahead and send me there. Me and my best buddies will have the biggest party that we can have after we die. People are afraid of what's going to happen after death. People are afraid of how blessed or not blessed they are because of what they believe or don't believe in this life today. And especially those people who were raised in this kind of environment that I'm talking about. As I was reminiscing about this list of who I am in Christ, I don't know when the last time it was that you looked at this list, but I'm going to read some of these things to you see how you respond today. So this is kind of a test, all right, because some of this language is going to um, hurt you. Some of this language is going to remind you of a place and a time in your life. Some of this language is going to comfort you. This is the work of spiritually mature people. This is not a church service. If you remember, coffee and theology is not for the faint of heart. This is not a church service. This is not for for uh, kind of anybody and everybody. You showed up here because you have real questions. You have a real desire. You have a real hunger for real truth. And so some of these things are going to be like uh, lifting weights. You maybe have only been lifting little three pounders, and that's been easy for you. And today we're going to say, all right, let's add another two pounds to that. And let's see how that feels to you. All right. So you still willing to go with me on this now that I've set, I've set up a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to, I'm going to read a few things. So this is what I did with six hours of my drive yesterday. I rewrote the who I am in Christ list. But before, uh, and and so I'm getting some thumbs up, but some of you are like, wait a minute, you can't rewrite who we are in Christ. (laughs) Well, maybe those that don't know me, I'm not, it's not necessarily uh, rewriting, but rather with information that I have of the whole arc of the story, I have put in even better language to include even more, to shower the abundant love of God on every single person that could possibly read this or hear this. 
in a way that I know Paul and Peter and James and Jesus would be so proud <laughs> of how we've rewritten this. But before we do that, I saw, I saw a hand. So I think Tammy, go ahead. I was just like doing my version of the hands up, looking forward to what you have to say. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I guess I should say trigger warning. I hate that I have to do that, but this is the standard who you are in Christ. I hope that this blesses many of you. Some of this on some of you on this call will be like, what is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Like that is some good old fashioned word. Like you're just going to be rejoicing. So here we go. Without further delay, who I am in Christ. Number one, I am reigning in life by Jesus Christ, according to Romans 5.17. I am not looking at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I am walking by faith and not by sight. I am casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I am complete in him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody knew that one. Everybody remembered that one. I am rooted and grounded in love because Christ dwells within me. I am the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works. I am a partaker of God's divine nature. I am prosperous and in good health because my soul prospers. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind to prove the perfect will of God. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am complete in Christ. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am taking the shield of faith and quenching all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. I am praying my desires and receiving them. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water and everything that I do prospers. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am given exceeding great and precious promises and by them I partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I am led by the Spirit of God, therefore I am a son of God. I am not walking after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I am receiving all of my needs met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I am casting all of my cares upon him because I know he cares for me. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. I am blessed when I come in and I am blessed when I go out. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I am increasing and abounding in love. I am being made perfect in every good work to do God's will. I am showing forth the praise of God. And that was just one list 
that I found. It's just a full page. All right, so some smiles. Um, some smiles out there. Reminiscent, isn't it? A little nostalgia uh, for some. Yeah, so uh, before I give you just a portion of my version of what I rewrote yesterday um, in the car about that, I want to say that I am grateful for the way that I was taught in the scripture. I am grateful that those, that those principles were planted in my young mind. They have served me well. That's me personally. They serve me well. Um, and I do not pretend to think that that is everyone's experience. So I would love some feedback at this point before I share with you a portion of what I rewrote and how I rewrote it. What do you hear when you hear those statements? These can be good, good feedback. Uh, some critical feedback. Is anybody feeling triggered a little bit? Is anybody feeling uh, comforted in, a, in an old and familiar way? Is or is anybody feeling like they miss some of some of that? Go ahead and talk to me. Share with me what you hear. Maybe, maybe some things stood out to you that you're like, "Whoa, I haven't heard that in a long time." What you know? How does what does this mean for me today? It actually brought back some kind of positive memories for me because they're all positive, non-accusatory statements. Yeah, say more about that, like positive, non-accusatory, say more. Um, you know, I, I think that when people can approach um, Christianity or um, this version of Christianity that you're talking about um, from a positive lens, I guess I'm pleasantly surprised. And so um, hearing those things, it makes me kind of feel pumped up. Like I can go out into the world today. I, I am all of these things. I can do this. Um, there, I don't have any negative emotion associated with any of those statements. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Somebody else, give me some feedback. That's great. Well, Pastor Bonnie, I was never one to follow how they taught us to do. You know, I'm blessed. Praise Jesus. That was not something that rolled out of my, my mouth. It reminded me of E.W. Kenyon, which I read his books and had many questions. But not that that was wrong, but you know. Knowing my nature, it was a little more of the rebellious side. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I said, you look like shit. What do you mean I'm blessed? But that was just me back then. But it has, I believed at that time, and I still hold to some of it. The people say they're trying to convince themselves of something that wasn't. And I know you speak by faith, but faith doesn't deny the, you know, the, uh, the events, the actual circumstances, it denies the authority it wants to take. But I always felt like they were fake.
Yeah, kind of kind of that confession to ascension, like that confession, like confessing it enough times. Many, many of our ministers in those days would say, just say it until you believe it. Just, exactly. just say it over and over again until you believe it. Is that what you're talking about, Norma? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. I heard that until I heard someone say, well, actually saying the same thing over and over again doesn't make you believe it. It's, it's gathering different information. We, we need new and better information. We don't just say something over and over again 50 times to make it a fact. And that's just silly. It's, it's silly to, to think that way. Um, anyway, go ahead. So, somebody else, um, tell me what you... Tell me what you feel. I know for for some of us that were raised on some of these things or have this in some part of some era of our lives, some decade of our life. I really appreciate what Meredith said. You know, even though I know some of Meredith's story and that she's going through quite a construction zone, she's in, she's in a construction zone big time. Um, she can even say, man, that was comforting to me. I actually feel better. I feel sort of lifted like, oh, yeah, regardless of my circumstances, I'm I this is who I am. I am this, even if I don't feel like it. And I, it makes the mindset, it kind of elevates the mindset. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere between Norma and Meredith in that some of them um, are very comforting and still ring true to me. And then some of them, um, I don't feel triggered, I feel really curious. I feel curious about how you rewrote them and I'm thinking about how I would rewrite them and things like um, the healing statements, for example, were used, um, I would say against me, um, like during cancer and during different seasons of chronic illness with autoimmune stuff. Uh, well, if you just said it enough and believed it, Amber, you'd be healed um, because that's your right in Christ. You have a right to be healed. And so if you're not, you're just not speaking it out in enough faith. So statements like that have been weaponized against so many people. And yet also I see the truth of healing throughout scripture. So it's both and for me, it's very encouraging and also kind of perplexing. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll say for me, you know, growing, having like two different big faith traditions in my life, now three really, but, you know, growing up Catholic, you know, we didn't become Protestant till we were in our 30s. And that it was it was like a four year process to change from Catholicism to Protestantism. But growing up Catholic, that whole name it and claim it philosophy, I was taught that's what the heretics do. I mean, basically, I was taught that all Protestants were heretics. They weren't part of the real church. And um, so I looked at all that when in my young 30s through new eyes and it was all new and fresh and exciting and so no I wasn't triggered by any of it um just like Amber some of it was very comforting because that is how I raised my children my kids had all the posters I didn't but my kids sure did um and um so I'm I'm curious to look at those scriptures with new eyes and excited. It just, it, it feels like right now everything's opening up and it's new and exciting again. Yeah, I can really relate to that. 
Like yeah, and I don't, and we don't have to throw scripture out of the window, which I like. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. I know um, when I first read yesterday, uh, one of the first statements that I read, because um, at, what you need to know if you're not familiar with these lists of who I am in Christ, you can Google it. You can just Google who I am in Christ and every ministry, I mean, for pages and pages and pages have their own version of them. So every version highlights different parts of the scriptures and different themes. So this particular one that I drew from was a really nice one. It was a good, I mean, as it mostly comforted everybody, 90% of it was very comforting, uplifting, and just a positive message. Some of them really focused on sin and morality. So that, so that the focus would be like, I am holy. It, like I am holy and I have left my life of sin or I am holy and I no longer live from my lower nature. I am, I am free from this. And so I, I do God's will in holiness and serve God and other like very much service oriented or sin, holiness oriented or morality oriented. Um, and I think that there's could be this amalgamation of all, all of the ones, you know, we can kind of push them, smash them all together and then perhaps redo them. I know Bob's getting excited. He's like woke up because this is a new project for us <laughs> to uh, to reestablish and get our own uh, our own version of this. And, and some might be hearing and saying, what are you going to rewrite the, the scripture? No, no, we're not rewriting it it's actually going to be more true to probably what the original was trying to convey more true to what the spirit was trying to get across. Because if I know anything, if I've learned anything where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And if we are not uh, meditating and chewing on the words of life and they bring life to us, we are chewing on the wrong stuff. And as I was meditating on these yesterday and spent literally six hours rewriting one, uh, rewriting one uh, list, um, as I was just, you know, Tamara was dictating and we were writing together. We had a great time just going back and forth. You know, I hope you have somebody in your life you can do that with, that you can talk about the scripture and go, now, how does this hit you now? You know, what, what do you feel? What, what do you feel when it says that you can reign, R-E-I-G-N, in life? You know, who are you reigning over now? You know, what, what is your feeling of dominance? How, how are you, who are you dominating? And is it a who or is it a what? And uh, having these kinds of conversations to really um, approach your new perspective on what is it that I am victorious over. And at the end of the day, what if I could just distill it for you, it's really over your own stuff, over your own self, the giants and the wars and the warrior like mentality that we have, you know, uh, that's another big catchphrase in the mainstream Western stuff is that you're a warrior in Christ. And uh, that can really be taken so many, you know, really unfortunate ways, especially in our political landscape right now. Um, that's not something that people are inclined to want to pay attention to that he, you being a warrior about something, we need to really talk about that. <laughs> Who are you a warrior against? And anyway, um, and it, and it exposes where we are now with regard to um, earthly powers and systems, um, principalities, um, 
rulers of darkness, th things like that, that we don't talk about a whole lot in our progressive circles, things that, uh, that you know, where do you stand with, with demonic with demonic realms of forces where do you stand with evil things you know where, where are you with dark power um and and how does that uh impact or or inform your life in christ today um yeah initially my my first thing was just to to comb through it and take out all the uh not take out but in certain places use different pronouns i mean that was a simple low-hanging fruit it was just low stuff, just low hanging, low hanging fruit on, you know, what we need to be. We need to understand that that God is not male or female. And so using language that allows more people entree into the into that life is just one little thing, one little one little way that we can have inclusive language and that not everybody's a son of God. OK, so like to be able to to use other inclusive language that really allows the females the binary, the non-binary um, folk among us to see themselves in Christ's body is so important, you know, and we, they didn't have that. It's not that they were trying to exclude anybody. We just all operate in the light that we have at the time that we have it. And I, I really don't try to demonize um, writers in antiquity for not having the language we have today. Give me a break. We have different language and different different understanding of of science and biology. And I just I think that they they were operating with spirit the best way that they knew how. And you know you can give you can go ahead and just say I am a person that does not judge others or myself. Even Paul said that I don't even have anything against myself. I'm just looking at myself as there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And to be a little easier on yourself and on others and even on these writers or even on these translators, if you're so upset about with the, with the translators to say, you know what, they're operating in the light that they had and maybe they were trying to subjugate and oppress and um, take power over that's very possible in, in a lot of situations. It's very, very possible. But I'm going to choose um, to continue to be committed to this word and committed to this, this scripture and to meditate on it until I find the life, until I find the life source. And that's what we're committed to is this ministry. And especially, um, you know, even as Bob is taking on a, a, a life's work in, in retranslating, in translating some of these texts. Did anybody have some other things? I'll, I'll read you a few of my new um, new words uh, that I wrote, but I would love to hear anybody else had some initial comments before I move on. Cool. Um, yeah, I will say I felt so positive after six hours of working with these texts. I felt um, a lot like what Meredith said at the beginning. Like, I just feel like some of that anxiety that had taken over, <laughs> some of that creeping up anxiety, I was like, oh, it's not as loud as it was before. Um the it, it caused me to remember that a good, healthy mental diet is so important in the day and age in which we live. 
when we are bombarded with the world's atrocities and tragedies and and flooded with information in our eye gate and ear gate, um, everybody's talking about what's going wrong in the world. Everybody's talking about what's happening in Florida right now, what's happening in Texas right now, what's happening, you know, what is happening in Ukraine and Russia, everything. There is something tragic to discuss every hour of every day. And I believe in these texts that that remind us to meditate on what is good, what is pure, what is true, what is holy. If you can think about anything, and you can, you can think about anything. It's permissible. It's not off topic. You can use your brain and think about anything that you want to think about. But as you can tell, what that has done for the for the mainstream culture of our world today is that's got a lot of people in a tremendous amount of anxiety, depression, sadness, loneliness, pseudo intimacy with their digital devices. We have a lot of heartbreak and a heart, a lot of lonely, despairing people, including us. Come on. This is not about just us talking about somebody, some other culture, some other group. This is how this is right here. And I'm suggesting that in addition to whatever you're wanting to be informed about, that it is critical to your mental and emotional and spiritual health that you think on things that are lovely and true and pure, that you get that word of life and truth back into you and make that the first thing that you put into your system on a daily basis. I would suggest it. I mean, a good old fashioned quiet devotional time (laughs) is not going to hurt anybody. Actually, it's going to help you tremendously help your life tremendously and help you to approach things in the world with that can do spirit. I mean, I think that's what Meredith was saying. She's like, no matter what I'm going to face today, I now remember who I am in Christ. I feel like I can, I can meet the world. And it's not that we're meeting the world to conquer anybody else. It's that we're conquering our own fears, (laughs) our own anxieties, our own giants. So that first one, it just says that I am complete in God. If you want to know where that's found, it is uh, Colossians 2.10. I am complete in Christ, Colossians 2.10. Colossians is a beautiful book to read through. You could almost read through Colossians without a translator. You could almost read through most of it because it's just, I think it says dozens and dozens of times who you are in Christ. And I rewrote it to say, I am complete in God to whom I yield who is over all of the voices in my head and who is the authority over every angelic and earthly power. I'll say yes to that. Who is the authority over all the voices in my head? Every voice that wants to speak. There are many voices in the world speaking, but there is one, the Christ. There is one, the truth. There is one, the life. There is one, the way that I yield to. And I yield to that authority. The next one was, I am alive in Christ. That's Ephesians 2, 5. If you want to write that down. I am alive in Christ. I had no issue with that. I just kept that the way it was. I say, I am alive in Christ. And as Christ lives, I live. I am free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8, 2. I am free from the law of sin and death. I had no issue with that. I say yes to that. I am free from the law of sin and death. Bam. Done. I don't have to argue with that statement. I am free from the law of sin and death. That comes on the heels of Romans 8.1, which is this one. Come on, all my mainstream folks. 
There is therefore, say it with me now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For I have been made free. And we, we are now walking in the spirit. There's really no condition there. And we can go in that another, another time. Um, this next one is, I am, this one's, what did this one say? Let me see. It said, I am far from oppression and will not live in fear. I mean, that sounds awesome. That's from Isaiah 54. I rewrote it and just said, um, with the spirit of God, I am far from oppression and I will not live in fear. Just a minor tweak with the spirit of God. All right, let's see the next one. The next one said, I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. That's 1 John 5, 18. I rewrote it to say, I am born of God and the evil one has no hold on me. Has no hold on me. Because we may be touched with evil through our days, but it does not get its hooks in me. (laughs) Those thoughts that are contrary or separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, I don't have to let those take hold on me, take up residence in me, take up real estate in me, fill up my minds and and thoughts to where I'm only calculating the worst possible outcome. That just has no hold on me. And again, that's the perspective I'm coming from because I'm not thinking of evil as sin. I'm thinking of evil as separateness. So I'm thinking of of evil being divisive and separate and causing me to think that I am no longer connected to God or anybody else. That's what evil is for me. That is not. So I'm not talking about evil as um, when I smoke a cigarette, which I, I don't have. I don't happen to have that particular habit. You can name another one. I probably have it, but I don't happen to have that one. <laughs> but whatever your habit is, it's not evil. It might be killing you fast, but it's not It's not going to keep you out of heaven when you die. That's just the truth. Okay. Um, I am holy and without blame before him in love. That is Ephesians 1, 4. Ephesians 1, 4 and 1 Peter 1, 16. I am holy and without blame before him in love. The way that I rewrote that was, oh, I love this. Listen to how we rewrote this one. All the parts of me are holy. All the parts of me are holy and without blame before God in love. Come on. All my my gender, my gender difference and my sexual orientation, all the parts of me are holy. Not just this one part of me that's going to go to heaven and so I can live uh, sort of separate in my own evil lifestyle over here. Uh Uh-uh. We're not playing that game. All the parts of you get to show up to the table. All the parts of you are holy and without blame before God in love. And again, I just I just reduced the the male heavy pronoun and just put it into God. That's all. So <laughs> that was perfect timing, wasn't it, Kelly? You saw that. Okay. Um, let's see what the next one was. I have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2:16 and Philippians 2:5. I have the mind of Christ. Like, I have no issue with that. You can't say it any better than that. It's just. Yes, I have the mind of Christ. Remember that. And so we have, um, I think the way that Tamara rewrote hers, because she even has a different list than what I came up with. But she has, um, she has it that at any moment, I can choose to operate from the mind of Christ at any moment. 
at any moment, I can choose to operate from the mind of Christ. The next one, and then we'll stop with this one for today. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Remember that one? Anybody remember where it was off the top of your head? Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7. So the way that I rewrote that was, I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's the very peace that God has, I have. The same way God has and enjoys peace, I have and enjoy peace. And you might say, well, that's not a reality in my life. That's always the question. I'm kind of over that question. You know what I mean. At any moment in your day, you can choose to access your spirit self because God is always with you. The mind of Christ is always resident in you. You can always choose to access it. So I'm not saying that this is a magic wand, but I am saying it will change your perspective and help you feel a heck of a lot better about whatever it is that you're approaching. All right, Meredith, I love you. Have a good day. And others, I want to say, let this word dwell in you. Let the incorruptible seed of the word of God take root in you and let yourself wrestle with and be in relationship with this word until you come to peace with it. And that this actually begins to transform your approach to life, to love, and to relationships. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today.